Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to our Quran reflections. Uh, so we will start with our verse for today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa minan nasi man ya'budullaha ala harfin fa in asabahu khayrun itma'anna bih. وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ فِتْنَةٌ قَلَبَ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ خَسِرَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ ذَلِكَ هُوَ الْخُسْرَانُ الْمُبِينَ This is from chapter 22, Surah Al-Hajj, verse 11. And again, it underscores a really important point regarding how people are with regards to their faith. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ عَلَى حَرْفِ there are some among people who serve Allah, they worship Allah, but ala harf, which means as it were on the verge. So they do it on the verge. They do it half-heartedly. They do it sitting on the fence. Okay. Then if good comes to them due to that worship and due to being Muslim and due to being with the believers, they're very, very, very content. They're happy that Allah is giving me, Allah's uh, bestowing me with, with goodness. But if a trial comes to them and they're afflicted by a trial, they turn on their face. So they're willing to turn away from their religion. Okay? They are losers. They are losers of both this world and the hereafter. Because they're neither here, neither there in this world. What a bad situation to be in. You know, what a bad place to be when you're neither here, neither there. Right? That is a loss for all to see. Basically, this is a, an obvious, evident, clear loss for anybody can, anybody can see that. Now, I guess you get an idea from this, what kind of people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about here. And again, if you look at this uh, from the Arabic perspective and the direct wording of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you see the miraculous quality, the graphic nature of the Quran, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, you can basically put it up as a mirror to see the mindset of both individuals and communities. That's what you can do. You can reflect of this. These are, uh, th this is speaking about people and nations, communities who have submitted to Allah, but just nominally. So they've got one foot inside. Right? There, there's a very thin line that marks the distinction between Jahiliya and Islam. We've discussed Jahiliyyah in, an, in another reflection. The Quran is speaking about the mental state of these people, right? And their response system. It's a very vivid, uh, it's a very vivid depiction of it. Basically, these people they sit on a fence. And what's the benefit of sitting on the fence? What's the benefit of just being nominally in and not out? is so that they can change their stance in no time at all. So quickly they can change their stance. Because if they took a firm stance in anything, then it would be difficult for them to recant it and go against it afterwards. So they're not willing to take a proper stance. You've seen many people, you know, there's a really critical issue and you want support because it's a religious issue, it's an issue of correctness, of rightness, of virtue, but they're not willing to put their name in there because they feel that if they do, they're going to lose out in some way or the other. 
So they're not willing to fully, they, they tell you, oh, we're with you, but they're not willing to come in together with it. They're not willing to sign the petition. They're not willing to come to the protest. Okay? They are better known as opportunists and self-seekers. They keep, for example, if it's things to do with the state and policy, they keep a close eye on the policy. They want to please the ruling class. They're only thinking about their own loss and gain, not about the loss and gain of bigger ideas, of larger groups of people, of whole communities. So if the condition of the day suits them, they, are, they become fully engrossed and they'll join you in pursuing the objective because they see no harm in it. They have, without any qualms or conscious, uh, or uh, qualms of conscience, they carry on their agenda, but it's all for a selfish end. When it's adverse circumstances and there's a change start, stance of the ruling class, there's a change in policy or whatever the case is, compared to the early position, they will recant their early, uh, early position. They no longer want to be identified with what they once believed and supported. They follow their friends. Seeing this in numerous issues, uh, quarrels, in disputes, land disputes, in masjid disputes, possession disputes, position disputes. There's, you, get, you get the few that lead and then you get the others who are literally, they do the bidding of others. They're just on the side. And um, meaning they have basically no problem in uh, changing their tone, in changing their appearance. You know, if, if it suits them, they will basically take off the hijab. If it suits them, they'll take off the beard. If it suits them, they won't pray. If it suits them, they'll change their name. Right? For selfish ends. They'll change their name from beautiful Muslim names. They'll change them to seem otherwise, even though there's no proper danger or anything like that, which would, you know, which could justify... Maybe, you know, changing uh, a name or something like that in some cases. So, they, they're basically changing their lives, their beliefs, their views, social, cultural uh, things that they, they relate to, right? They change their language. Um, subhanallah, they'll change their language. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that as long as such people expect to derive some material gain from their association with Islam, they make a show of their allegiance. And that helps them then to obtain wealth because if the Muslims are reigning strong, then they get something out of it. They may get a worldly position or wealth or whatever. And we've had so many people like this, right? However, if they... As soon as they sense any kind of loss on account of their link with Islam or with the righteous people, they're going to be abandoned. They have no hesitation in abandoning it altogether. Right? They're just not willing to take risks. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, uh, in a verse of Surah Ankabut, which is chapter 29, verse 10 in Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ فَإِذَا أُوذِيَ فِي اللَّهِ جَعَلَ فِتْنَةً النَّاسِ كَعَذَابِ اللَّهِ وَلَئِنْ جَاءَ نَصْرٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكَ لَيَقُولُنَّ إِنَّا كُنَّا مَعَكُمْ أَوَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِأَعْلَمَ بِمَا فِي صُدُورِ الْعَالَمِينَ 
What this means is there are such among men who say, we believe in Allah, but when they suffer an affliction in the cause of Allah, they treat men's oppression as if it were the wrath of Allah. They're blaming Allah for that. And if help comes to you from your Lord, O Prophet, they are sure to say that we have always been with you, meaning that if you get support and the tables turn and the prosperity is with you, then they will turn around and they'll say, we've always been with you. Does not Allah know best what is in the hearts of his creatures? That's the verse. That It's the same thing that he's saying. So if Islam brings somebody glory, they take pride in their association with it, they like to call themselves and dress like Muslims, and they start talking about their Muslim ancestors that you know to show that they've got a place and they've got history. And uh, they only do this to share Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bounty, right? However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the truth. There's no credit in pledging a loyal, one's loyalty to the ruling class, right? Or the group that enjoys the, uh, the power and authority. There's people who are generally associated with politics, they have to play this game, right? People who are associated to politics in the various countries in the world, they have to realize, alhamdulillah, we're not. I mean, I wish we could in a positive way, but, you know, there, there's, there's all these, you know, uh, all of these movements and things, they're fraught with difficulties and dangers. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for those who have sincerity and give them sincerity. So, you know, while when things are going right, it's okay and everything is fine and rosy. However, as soon as there's adverse circumstances, that's when the, te that's when the test comes, right? And that is when it calls for true chivalry and manly spirit, unwavering resolve to then profess and practice your, your principles and your beliefs and continue that, even especially rather when people are uh, hostile to it, right? Because in such situations, even the loyalist gets shaken and that's when you get really tested, okay? And um, fighting for survival, right, becomes uh, your real trial in that case. Only the loyal person at that time is going to display his sincerity, even in unfavorable circumstances. So, you know, it's absolutely a privilege, to be honest, to say we're Muslims. When you understand how far Islam is going to go compared to everything else and how it's going to carry on and how important it is, then it's an absolute privilege. And when you think of it from that perspective, then it doesn't bother you where you have to undergo some difficulty because it's worth it. Yes, if our faith was just to the end of this world and to the end of our lives and there was nothing beyond that, there'd be no point, right? Maybe then just find a more comfortable way if you ever uh, are in a challenge like that. But our life is all about the hereafter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to promise us, is, has promised us for every bit of patience that we do what is to come. That's why one is going to be rewarded in all circumstances, right? That is what Allah, both adverse and favorable, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown us a way to do this and Allah will reward amply. That's why we're told that for a believer, good circumstance, you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're rewarded. And if it's a bad circumstance and you do sabr and you're rewarded as well. It can only be good for believers, but we need to hold that view and be very clear about it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding of this and may Allah allow us not to be on the side, but rather as Allah says, enter into Islam wholly and fully. May Allah make us of those who find Islam the ideal religion in every way, in every shape, and allow us to, full it, uh, full, uh, to follow it fully. Uh, please keep us in your du'as. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement.
persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam, and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.